This is the World War II Radio Podcast. A date which will live in infamy. This is London. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. Go ahead, Berlin. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Welcome to the World War II Radio Podcast. Today we have the first part of Nazi Eyes on Canada, a five-part radio play produced by the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. This first episode aired on September 20th, 1943, and stars Helen Hayes. The series warns Canadians of the danger of Germany and imagines a future where the Nazis have conquered Canada. The World War II Radio Podcast is a Brick Pickle Media production. If you like the show, please leave feedback on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And be sure to visit our website at brickpicklemedia.com slash podcasts, where you find links to past episodes as well as the books featured in our episodes. So thanks for listening. Enjoy today's episode of the World War II Radio Podcast. It is our proud pleasure to present to the Canadian radio audience the distinguished star of stage, screen, and radio, Miss Helen Hayes. Good evening. I'm here tonight to tell you a story of two Canadas. The first is the Canada you're living in safely today. The second is the Canada of a German North American empire. It is a story of womanhood in these two Canadas, and it is a story of simple but stern alternatives. Eins der übrig gebliebenen Länder ist Kanada. Wem wird es gehören? Wer wird es besetzen? Canada is one of the few remaining territories. Who will possess it? Who will occupy it? Unter welcher Flagge werden die kanadischen Provinzen, jedoch nur lose zusammenhängen, in aller Einigkeit zusammengebunden werden? What will be the emblem under which the divisions of Canada, now joined in name only, will cohere in an all-embracing unity. Deutschland muss sich eine neue Welt ausdenken und sie dann aufbauen. Germany faces the task of thinking out and devising a new world. Wir wissen alle, dass in diesen Tagen nichts von ist. Alles ist möglich. We should remember that in these days nothing is permanent and everything is possible. remember that in these days nothing is permanent and everything is possible. Those words were written in the early days of Nazi power by an official spy of the German Reich, a man sent to Canada with forged credentials by the German Geopolitico Institute. He spent nearly a year in the Dominion, spying out the land for his land-hungry masters, and in the end wrote a book outlining plans for German development of Canadian territory. The book is still unpublished in our language, although it was translated by Duncan and Lyle Cameron and given the title of Nazi Eyes on Canada. Did you know 
that nearly ten years ago the eyes of the Nazis looked hungrily on Canada? Miss Hayes has spent today with a Canadian family, a widowed mother and her four daughters. Tonight she tells their story as it is today and as it could be in a grim tomorrow. This is the story of one family, but in German Canada, it would be also the story of your family and mine. I am Adele Welsh, a German subject. I have been one since Canada and the United States were finally enslaved by the Nazis two years ago. Before that, I was a Canadian. I had all the freedoms that we talked about so easily back in 1941 and 42. Now the Germans have taken all those freedoms away. All of them, except one. The right to die. That's the last freedom that no one can take away. And tonight, I shall use that last freedom. In 1942, five infinitely long years ago, in those days when all of us said the Germans can't keep on winning and we always win the last battle, back then when we of the Welsh family were happy, we lived as we still do at 287 Ossington Avenue in Toronto, Ontario. My three sisters and I all worked at the John Ingalls Company where we had a part in making guns for our Canadian Army. Pauline, Eleanor, and I worked on grinding machines, and Betty, the youngest, was a stenographer. My mother, a widow, kept house for us, fed us, cared for our clothes, and was the most wonderful mother any girls ever had. Saturday was our favorite day, the one day in the week when all of us, working on different shifts, at the plant could be sure of having supper together. It was a cheerful meal. And always at least one of us had a boyfriend in to dinner. Come on, I'll try it again. Oh, I can't oh, that's the one. Oh, look, I'm really good. Hey, come to the table. Shut the radio off, Eleanor, and stop dancing around the room. Okay, Mother, once more around. Here we go. Oh, yeah? Never mind whether you tripped or lost your head. Come to the table and shut off that awful noise. That's not an awful noise. That's Gene Krupa. <laughs> Sounds more like Gene Stupa to me. Turn it off. Okay. Oh, boy, am I hungry. What's for supper, Liz? Mrs. Welch to you, Joe, and you'll take what you get. That's putting him in his place, Ma. Which is right next to you, babyface. Don't call me babyface. Okay, babyface, I won't, babyface. You're not so old yourself. Only a year older than me. Oh, but something new has been added. His Majesty's uniform. And that makes me a big grown-up man. And you make me sick. Pass the breath. Pass this plate down to Joe Adele. Help yourself to the pickles, Joe. Mm, homemade pickles? What do you think? Boy, I wish the Air Force made them like this. How is the Air Force, Joe? Fine. Haven't been off the ground yet, but it won't be long. They say they're going to transfer... Hi, everybody. Oh, oh Diver's Supper, I see. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Betty. Betty, get another chair for Dawn. Get yeah. another place, Eleanor. 
You'll have supper, won't you? Oh, that's what we came for. You bet I did, and I'm starving, too. Don't get enough food in the army, eh? You should join a good outfit. Oh, boy, I'd rather keep my feet in the ground. Hey, Mrs. Welch, you ought to lock your front door and keep the army out. Oh, yeah? There'll be no locking of the front door while I have any say. Well, someday somebody <laughs> might walk in that you don't want. As if he hasn't already. Oh, thanks. Well, I'll have to chance that. Out in the West, where I come from, we never locked our front door. What's more, I don't recall anyone ever coming into it any harm through it. Eleanor passed this place, John. Boy, what a helping he gets. And why not? He's hungry. Oh, you bet I am. That was a long trip down from Borden, although I got a lot of lifts. Did you hitchhike down? Yeah. It's funny how many cars there are still on the road. Yep. I'd have thought the gas rationing would have made a lot more difference. Oh, they'll use it all up now, and, and they won't have any left for the winter. Boy, that's one thing I'm going to do after the war's over. Get a car and drive all over Canada. And a heck with a gas. Here we go again. <laughs> after the war's over. I'm going to get me an airplane after the war's over and fly everywhere. Oh, Think, Shade. Me, I'm going to buy millions of pairs of the thinnest and most expensive silk stockings. Yeah, aren't we all? <laughs> I'm going to have a good rest and let you girls cook all the meals. Oh, and go bowling every afternoon and play bingo every night. Yeah, that's about right. What about you, Adele? What are you going to do? Oh, wait and see. After the war's over. Sounds like a title to me, After the War is Over. Oh, it is. Listen. After the war is over, travel After the war is over, after the war is won. Deutschland Uber Alice played outside the city hall in Toronto. The war was over. The war was won by Germany. Toronto, like the rest of Canada, was transformed almost overnight by the superorganization of the Nazis. Rather than destroying, they converted whatever they could to their own use. We had a city council, but it was a nasty council. They forced us to continue work at the John Ingalls plant, but we no longer made weapons for Canadian soldiers. We made machines for German industry. And day by day, our dreadful, oppressive life continued. We worked, we slept, we ate, and Saturday's supper was still a family meal. Is there any more bread, Mother? No. You were lucky to get that. Oh, I guess I don't want any anyway. Betty, what's the matter? You're not eating. I... I can't eat. I... I'm not hungry. I... <laughs> I'll go with her. I think I know what's the matter. <laughs> Betty. Betty. I couldn't stand it, Adele. I couldn't stand the way you looked at me. You've got news about Joe. It's terrible news. And you won't tell Betty, me. wait a minute. Be quiet, darling. He's dead. You've heard that he's dead. No, no, Betty. No, he's alive. I saw Joe today. Alive? He's alive? Adele, where is he? Is he coming here tonight? When will I see him? You'll never see Joe again, Betty. Never. But Adele, you said he was here. Here in Toronto. You said you saw him. Now you say Betty, that... Betty, Betty. Joe's in the prison camp on Toronto Island, behind those fences made of electrified wire. But if you saw him, why can't because I? Because you mustn't see him, Betty, ever again. Why? Listen, why? Listen, please listen to me. 
I've asked the Gestapo chief at the plant so many times to get me information about Joe that he thinks he was my sweetheart, not yours. The day that pig-eyed beast sent for me, told me Joe was here in Toronto, told me he'd arrange for me to see him. And all the time he was laughing, I knew there was something wrong about it. That's why I didn't get word to you. He sent me to the island in a Gestapo boat with a letter to the commandant of the prison camp. Good morning, Fräulein. I came in the special Gestapo boat. You must be a friend of someone important, eh? I have a letter giving me authority to see a prisoner. Let me see it. Hmm. And where, whom is the prisoner you wish to see? Squadron leader Joseph Martin, FDFC. Squadron leader? Oh, in the, in the late Royal Canadian Air Force. My dear Fräulein, there's no such thing. The man you want to see is not a name, it's a number. He'll always be a number. Name or number, may I see the prisoner, please? Yes, you may see him. He's going away. Schultz! Yavala, Commandant. Take this young lady to the waiting room. Bring her to her, the man who was once known as Squadron Leader Joseph Martin. Very good, sir, Commandant. <laughs> Five minutes. No more. Adele. Joe. Joe. Do I look as bad as that, Adele? I... I... I, I, I didn't expect... Oh, Joe, what have those brutes done to you? Let's not talk about that. How's Betty? Oh, she's... She's fine, Joe, just fine. What, 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 what did the commandant mean when he said you were going away? I'm going to Germany, Della. They told us this morning. Germany? Oh, no, Joe. It's the final torture they devised for us flyers. Something better than all their physical tortures here. They're sending us to German South Asia. And then... And then? And then we're going to work in the mine. We're to live beneath the earth in the dark and then... There we to exist. Until we die. He's going tomorrow, Betty. Going forever. Don't try to see him, dear. Try to remember him as you've always known him. Young, happy, with that devil McHale look in his eyes. And the love in his heart for you. That was your Joe. The only Joe you must ever remember. Not the man I saw today. Not the man who's going to die in the mines in Germany. Keep him in your heart, Betty. Keep him as he was. That's all you'll ever have. What are you trying to do to me? You're not Adele, my sister. I'm trying to make you see that you must give up your hoping and dreaming. Can't you see? Won't you understand... Hope is looking forward, living for the future. There is no future anymore. There can be no hope. There must be. There must be. There must be hope for Joe and me. We've always had a future. We've waited and waited. There must be something to Everything seemed to happen to us on Saturday. It was as if all the happy Saturdays of years ago were being canceled out. 
Another Saturday, I was alone in the house. The front door was still left unlocked. The Germans hadn't changed Mother's mind. I heard it quietly open. What is it? What's the matter? Gestapo. They're after me, but I've shaken them off for a little while. I knew your door would be open. Are you hungry? Do you want food? Yes, yes, food and a place to hide for a few hours. I have food for you, Alex. I knew you would. There was always food and a place to park here in the old days. I have food, Alex. But that's all. That's all? What do you mean, that's all? That's all. There's no shelter here. Oh. Oh, I see what you mean. There's somebody here already, eh? Well, maybe I could sleep on the floor or something. There's no one here already, Alex. There's no shelter here for you. You mean you won't hide me? Della, what's the matter with you? You don't look real somehow. I'm real enough. And what I'm saying and thinking is real. Why are the Gestapo looking for you? Because I've never stopped fighting them. Now, lots more like me, too. We've got an underground here in Canada that'll go right on fighting them. Don't you know the war's over? Don't you know the, the war was over two years ago? When we lost it? It's not over when there are enough of us left with the guts to go on fighting. And where are you going to fight? What are you going to fight with? Where are you trying to escape to? Tell me that. Adele, I, I don't understand you. you. You look as if you hate me. Your eyes are cold, dead. Why, you used to feel that we... Well, we used to plan that after the war we might... This be able... is after the war. And we have plans for nothing. You see, Alex? What couldn't happen has happened. Della, they've done something to you. You don't mean that. You can't. I do mean it, Alex. It's too late now. You men in uniform fought as no men ever fought before. But you were far away across the seas. And we thought we were safe and... And we failed you. Yes, we failed you. I failed you. I could have worked harder. I could have given up pleasures, given up luxuries. I could have worked and saved and, and given to the last ounce of my strength and the last penny of my wages. I could have done that. Millions of others could. But we were complacent. We were safe, secure. We couldn't be beaten. But we were. And now... Now, Alec, it's too late. Can't you understand? Too late for your brave fists against an army of steel. Too late for hoping and fighting. Too late for anything. But death. This is the last Saturday of all for me. After I put down what happened tonight, I... I'm going out... I'm going out to use that last freedom. After tonight, that's all they've left us. Another Saturday. D did you understand how happy and carefree our Saturday suppers used to be? I tried to tell you. Well, now what food we have almost chokes us. Mother still sits at the head of the table. But there's nobody now to call her Liz and make fun of her bowling and her bingo games. There's just the family. Five women who exist from day to day. Four after tonight. They've 
They've learned to look to me for leadership, for guidance, to tell them what to do. I've done my best. But I'm blessed, or is it cursed, with a brain that always sees things as they are. I can't delude myself. God knows I've often wished I could. I wonder what they'll do without me. I suppose it doesn't matter much with the years of darkness that I see ahead. I couldn't save them. Perhaps they'll still follow my lead. But I couldn't urge them to follow me this time. Give me some more meat, will you, Mother? Working still gives me an appetite, even if I do work for the Germans. Not for me, it doesn't. I never have an appetite anymore. But you must eat, Betty. You'll never keep your strength up if you don't. Who wants to keep their strength up? I Betty, don't care. You're not to speak to me like that. Shut up, Betty. Oh, stop, Betty. It only makes things worse. Every time we eat together nowadays, we seem to get into an argument. Better make a rule not to talk at mealtime. Better quit eating. Better just quit everything. No, no, that's enough. You're all talking nonsense. Get on with your food. How about something on the radio to cheer us up? Yeah. <laughs> One minute's music and five minutes propaganda. Good evening. May I come in? You are in, aren't you? Indeed, yes. The door is unlocked. A sign of welcome to visitors, perhaps. I take it that anyone else would be more welcome, is that it? Ah, me, it's so hard to be friends with you Canadians. Well, you look as if you were going to stay, so you may as well have a chair. Thank you. Uh, please continue with your meal. Mother, this is Mr. Weedman. How do you do? I've met him before. And these are my sisters. Such a charming family. Uh, will you have a cup of tea, Mr. Weedman, such as it is? Thank you. I would be delighted. Oh, you must not all look so apprehensive. I can assure you no harm will come to you. I like girls. Pauline, pass this cup to Mr. Weedman. Uh, pass the cookies, too, Betty. Thank you so much. Uh, Miss Welch, I must congratulate you on your daughter's. They are a credit to you. I find all girls in this country extremely healthy as a rule. But your daughters, excellent specimens of young Canadian womanhood. Well, don't look at us like that. We're not an exhibition. No? So well. What do you want here? Or is this just another visit to impress on a Canadian family how clever you Germans are? You four young ladies work at what was once called the John Ingalls plant, yes? Yes. Mm -hmm. When our industrial engineers took over your munitions plant and taught you to make machines for the German people, you gave us trouble. Oh, those were difficult days. You refused to understand or accept the new way of life. But I believed you learnt your lesson, perhaps the hard way, but you learnt who your masters were. Not. Come to the point. What do you want? I am here, my dear young lady, to discuss your future. What future? Your future is a part of the new world order. Are you happy in your work? Do you wish to remain in the factory? If you mean, do we want to keep on making things for Germany? No. And that goes for, for the rest of us, What too. do you ask these questions for? Why do you ask if we want to go on or not? You know the answers, and you know we'll go on doing it as long as you choose. What are you trying to do? Now, Mr. Dell, please, you will upset yourself. You are not happy to continue your work, it seems. Very well. You will not have to do so much longer. But it has been good for new German subjects to learn to work for their new nation. 
it is, after all, a nation worth working for. Do you think that makes us like you any better? Young lady, we are not concerned at all at the moment whether you like us or not. You see, we are here to demonstrate our form of civilization. We consider it the best and most efficient in the world. In it, there is no place for silly sentiments. In time, you will learn to like what is the best. You will turn away from old-fashioned and inferior ways. That, Mr. Liebman, is a very polite way of saying that we shall accept your domination and like it. We have to accept it, but we won't like it, ever. No? I think you will. You won't be able to help yourselves. Well, where do we fit into this wonderful scheme of things to come? I'll tell you. We've decided that young ladies like yourselves should not be kept at monotonous work in noisy factories. You should be allowed to bloom in a wider sphere. You should lead a life of greater interest. We are going to select certain young women and replace them in the factories by less healthy, older and inferior types. <laughs> After all, a machine can be run as well by an ugly woman as a beautiful one. And what then, Mr. Reedman? Then, Miss Adele, then you will fulfill your greatest function in life. You will become what nature intended you to become. Women in the fullest sense of the word. Mothers. Mothers to what children? And wives to what husbands? Mothers to strong German children, Miss Adele. Husbands? Let's not be technical. Let's think of the men in the case rather as fathers. Fathers of those same German children. You monster. Remember, Mr. Dell, we won the war when you said we couldn't. Just remember that one everlasting fact. Germany won the war. Good night. Betty, lock that door. Don't bother, Betty. It's too late now. What are we going to do? They can't just take us and make us into... No, and they can't do that. Be quiet, please. All of you. They can just take us and make us into anything they want. They can, they can, they can. We're females, not women. Just healthy, clean females to breed their young for the new race of North Americans. There's no hope for us now or ever. I've tried not to believe it. I didn't believe it when I heard what they'd done in Europe. But now I know... In a German world, there is nothing to live for, nothing to hope for. Not even when you're old, like Mother. Too old to bear children. Too weak to run machines. There's only one way out. But you'll have to find it yourself. I kept my faith, my hope, as long as I could. They're gone now. Everything's gone. All that we've had and loved and hoped for. All but one. The one thing they've left us all to keep. And I'm going to use it now. My last freedom. I've been asked by the Honorable J.L. Ilsley, Minister of Finance, 
to convey to you his thanks and those of the government and the people of Canada for coming to Canada and giving us so generously of your time and talent in this performance tonight. Thank you, Miss Hayes. You've been more than generous to us. No thanks are necessary, or ever will be to any of us who can do something that will help to prevent what we've portrayed in this program tonight. It's brought the war much closer home to me, and I hope to all who listened. The Nazi eyes on Canada must never result in Nazi feet on Canada. That's why our money, our talents, our very lives must be thrown into this conflict completely until we have won. And now, before we say goodnight, I'm going to take this program into my own hands and ask one of the members of the family we have dramatized tonight to come to the microphone. They're all here. Mother Elizabeth, who loves her bingo and bowling, and her lovely daughters most of all. And all four daughters, who fortunately for us, are not at, on the night shift at the munitions plant this week. Betty! <laughs> I, I played the role of your elder sister tonight, and truly I wish I could claim you with all your beauty and vivaciousness for my own little sister. Thanks so very much, Miss Hayes. The family has held a council, and you are now officially elected a member of the Welsh family <laughs> for life. <laughs> Thanks, Betty. And now, I want to say to everyone, everywhere, what was pictured as happening to my family must never happen to us, or to you out there in the rest of Canada. With God's help, everything we are and everything we have is going into Canada's war efforts so that the Nazis will never set foot on Canada. Now a message to a man who called himself Colin Ross, a Nazi spy and minion of General Haushofer of the German Geopolitical Institute in Munich, Germany. The book you wrote for the German people after spying upon us in the peaceful Canada of 1933 and 34, your bold statement of your Nazi plan for Canada has not yet been published in our language but it has made it possible for us to tell Canada what might happen here if we did not stop your ruthless march over men and nations. Listen in again next week, Herr German Spy, and we shall retrace more of your steps across Canada and tell you what would happen if you were to find us as weak and divided as you said we would be. National War Finance Committee has sent you this broadcast with the hope that everyone in Canada will remember it. Tonight's performance was directed by Rupert Lucas. This is the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. <laughs>